check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. It's another edition of the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Thursday, 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you for uh, listening. Appreciate the uh, downloads. Appreciate the phone calls at 702-586-7857. Let's talk some Monster Energy Supercross. Three rounds down. 14 to go. This weekend in Oakland is uh, round four. We've had a tremendous start to this series. Three different winners in each class to start the year. Six different winners. That happened uh, a couple years ago, I think, but maybe last year. But super cool. Uh, with Baggett and uh, Webb winning their first 450s. And, uh, yeah, man, the 250 guys are going to go down to the wire, I think, between uh, four guys right now, it looks like. So uh, really happy to be talking about it uh, today. Uh, flyracing.com, we are going to give away a set of Kinetic gear. Uh, they have a, one of their lines is the Kinetic, and we are giving that away today. A Maxxis MXST tire as well, set of tires developed by the king, uh, Jeremy McGrath. Thank you for listening. Flyracing.com, check them out on the web. Blake Baggett, we're in fly. Uh, Justin Bogle wearing fly. Zach Osmond will be wearing fly. Weston Pike wears fly. Flyracing.com, bro. Please check them out online. Uh, head to toe. They've got you covered. And a uh, fantastic company. Great bunch of guys. The official presenting sponsor of Monster Energy Supercross. Uh, pretty crazy to see that after all these years. But they are doing it, and they're killing it. And uh, we really thank those guys for stepping up for all of our shows, man. So if you're in, if you're in the line for gear or something, uh, those are the guys to look at. Also, too, get, get, get. Uh, Justin Barsha running get, uh, Aaron Plessinger running get, uh, seemingly almost every MXGP team running get. Uh, also, their parent company, Athena, uh, makes overbores and makes big bores and makes gaskets as well. So uh, if you need something from those guys, email us on the show using the contact form on Pulp MX, and we will help you get get. Uh, Dan Truman, our buddy there, um, uh, helps out with those guys, and uh, he'll he'll help you out just by listening. Pro Taper, Geico Honda, Rockstar Husky, JGL are all running Pro Taper, so that means Chad Reed. I mean, Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and such. ProTaper.com. Uh, check them out, please. And if you need something for bars, whether it's 7 8 bar, oversized bar, whether you want chains, sprockets, whatever it is, ProTaper.com has got you covered. They are a iconic brand in the industry at this point, man. They've been around so long, and they make great stuff, as we as we know. And also, too, I want to thank Maxis MXST Tires out now. Kiefer approved. AJ Cantanzaro running them in Supercross. Uh, he's on the Maxis Cowie out there. Uh, MXST Tire. Great mountain bike tires as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, this is Max's attempt to, uh, you know, make a big-time competitive tire with uh, with the Michelins and the Dunlops and everybody else, Pirellis and such. So uh, Max's.com for more info on that. Uh, I'm Steve Mathis, of course, with me here, producing the show, holding things down. The Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? What's up, Steve? So your guy, Ryan Dungey. Yes. He's back in the news. 
Okay, I actually did not see this. He's an investor in Intense Bicycles. What is Intense Bicycles? They make mountain bikes. Okay, so you I like, need to so ditch you the need, Specialized that I just bought and ju- get an Intense that's bike. That's the point. You just okay. bought a Specialized. It's gone. Gone. Con- consider it done. Intense it's, is now... The, all the money I just spent, you know, the yep. thousands of right. dollars, it's... It, I don't even know what they have, but I'm going to get one. What you should do as an ultimate act of solar, uh, solidarity is back over the the Specialized <laughs> in your truck. Sure, okay. Crush it up <laughs> and then get the Intense. Okay. And, then tweet and, and I'll video the whole thing and I'll say, this is how much I love and, and you. Send I'm, it, and send it to send it to Dutch. Send it to him. <laughs> I'll, I'll, See if I can get blocked again. I have his number. I'll forward it to him okay. and say, this is my buddy Tits. He wants uh, back in. Right. So, he wants back in. Uh, great start to the season, though, huh? Yes, yeah. You can't ask for for more as far as your winners. I mean, Macaras, the only guy that you thought could win that that did. But other than that, oh, I mean, AC. with the four fifty, well, AC. yeah, I guess that too. Right. But he's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the four fifties go, I mean, that's you can't ask for better. Jason Anderson going down with an injury, six to eight weeks out for him. Um, I love. You love because, him getting hurt? No. Dick. no, no yes, that's what I'm saying. I love the conspiracy theorists. They're like, oh, this is the injury oh, from before. They're finally, they just pulled the plug on it, and I love that part. That's um, the world we live in in 2019, yes, right? Yes, I love that. Uh, Sad that he's out, though, because yeah. obviously that screws everything up for for you know excitement. Yeah, absolutely. It's one less guy. We lost Mookie. We lost Anderson. So is this the point of the season where things start going south for, it happens for rider year, attrition? Right? Uh, thanks to Fly Racing for making this show happen, and uh, let's get to our first guest. We have some lines open right now, 702-586-7857, if you have something on your mind. Uh, Jason Thomas, what's up, man? How are you? Not too much. Just uh, listening to the life and times of the one and only Tits Legendary. He, he's he got to be bummed. He just bought that Specialized, and he didn't know his hero was an investor in Intense. Yeah, that's pretty intense. <laughs> uh, um. All right, so we're giving away a set of kinetic gear tonight, JT, on the show. All um, right, I like that. You, what, what, what's the positives of this line? What do you like about this line of gear from you guys? Well, the kinetic line we've always marketed as you know a mid-level price gear that can kind of do it all. Uh, for many years, it was Andrew Short's choice of what he wanted to wear. Uh, it's what we base our vented line, which is called kinetic mesh, mm-hmm. around. Uh, and it's one of those that we take pride in because most companies out there, I won't say all, but most, are unwilling and unable to put their elite athletes in a mid-price level gear. That's not really the case for Kinetic, and that's what we built it around. Uh, we wanted gear that you could really race in, and you know we've won Supercross races in Kinetic gear. When Andrew Short won Seattle in 2012, he was wearing Kinetic gear. Uh, so, it's really a product that is has you know value in mind, but it delivers on performance as well. Well, we are giving a set away today to a lucky caller here, as well as a set of MXST tires from Maxxis. Um, the other day, before we get into Supercross JT, the other day, myself, Pookie, my mom, went to go see a magic show here in Vegas. Okay. Matt Franco, he had won America's Got Talent. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Okay. How the hell does that, how, how does he do that stuff? Illusion. Sleight of hand. Bro. How does he get a phone from a lady in the audience and bury it inside of a table in the audience that he then has to break through to get to, get into, and nobody goes to this table. Nobody, nobody, nobody grabs the phone. Nobody goes to this table, and it's in the in the in the in the table. Yeah, I mean, there's been millions upon tens of millions of dollars made because of these guys are good at it. I mean, that's how Vegas works. So, and then at the very end of the show, he he shoots a deck. Of, he shoots uh, ten decks out. Uh, into the audience, ten deck of cards randomly in through a cannon, like a t-shirt cannon, mm-hmm. right? 
So people go and grab the all the audience goes and grabs the 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 cards, um, and they put them in a bag, and he goes through the cards in the bag, and every card that people grabbed randomly out of this ten packs of cards shot into the audience is a number that that goes back to every part of the show. You know what I mean? Like he's like, oh, today's the twenty second, two two. It's mm-hmm. 2019. There, there's, there's a, there's a two zero one nine. There, there's the there, 20 and nine. There's uh one of the guys at the very first. His name he had a uh, he drew an ace of spades. There's an ace of spades, and he's flipping these cards over JT, and they all line up to what happened earlier in the show, and it was randomly shot over a t-shirt cannon, and the crowd went in there and picked up random cards. How? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've been told by. Uh teams and energy drinks and, and people that they're going to pay me and the checks in the mail and magically that check never arrived either so okay nothing nothing's so, impossible so you've been you've you've seen the magic firsthand i have I it's have. just i don't understand if anybody can call in and tell me how, how this shit happens i mean some of them are explainable i get some of them uh i can look at it and be like okay this is what he's kind of doing it's somehow related to this but there's some that i'm like no way no effing way did i just see that so i don't know bro just say, all right, Magic MX show <laughs> brought to you by Fly Racing. Um, okay, so we lost Anderson this week, and, and as Tits was alluding to, uh, the conspiracy people online are great. Uh, how did he get second at Glendale, everyone, and lead a bunch of laps with, a, with an already busted arm? God, give me a break. Yeah, that, that's pretty ridiculous that people think there's something to that. I mean, I get the timing isn't that awesome, but, I mean, the guy got hurt. I don't know what else, what else to tell you. I still don't think that answers the question what was wrong with him over the first three rounds because he definitely didn't look right. But I, I personally think, and I would be willing to go on record as saying that they're completely unrelated. I said on our review show that this round would have been so interesting for Anderson because we would have really saw, you know, kind of, I think, which way his year was going to go. I, um, so now, years from now, people will be like, oh, he, de- he didn't defend the title because he broke his arm. But it was way weirder than that, everybody, before he broke his arm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, that's, that's how we'll remember his title defense, but it was, it was getting to be weird. Yeah, I mean, I can understand having a bad year. People have bad years. Look at Fro coming off of uh, coming into 98. But the weird thing was how good he was at Glendale. And, and we know he didn't finish the deal, but he was pretty darn good, you know, passing, moving forward, passing into the lead and – if you want to say he got tired, okay, well, whatever. The track was really technical. Uh, maybe just, you know, got tired at the end, pushing too hard early, or maybe the staggered, you know, restart threw him off. Or There's lots of things you could point to, but the other two races, I have no idea what the hell he was doing out there. Yeah. I mean, the third race where he got pushed off the track early, I mean, he looked to be just cruising. Yep. Cruising, you know, and you right. just don't he see. He knows there are points at stake, right? It's, they're yeah. an actual race. Yeah, 100%, right? So, uh, yeah, very, very um, – very bizarre year. So, do you think we'll get any answers now that it doesn't matter anymore? Yeah, somewhere down the line, right? I, I would hope so. I mean, that's kind of how these things happen. Usually, it's Saturday night or Sunday at Vegas. You're like, oh yeah, I was, you know, I was in the hospital the week before the race and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. All right. So I asked you this question last week, and I don't know if you answered it or if you did your typical waffling, but uh, I said, is is this win going to propel Blake Baggett to being, you know, a weekly? race winner challenge uh, a guy who's whose worst day is a fourth or a fifth you know who can rip through the pack and you know blah 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 and all of that um i'm going to ask you the same question about cooper webb like 
his dominant performance at A2 Triple Crown, like, this, he, you know, he's th- third in the points now. Is this is this a one-off? And certainly Blake had a really shitty Anaheim too. Is this a one-off deal, or is Webb going to win more races and be on the podium a whole bunch? Without waffling, uh, I would say it's, more of a one-off in the in the fact that I don't think he's going to just go win six races this year now. But I think we've seen enough evidence over the first three rounds that he's for real. You know, I don't think it's a fluke, but I don't think him winning two out of three is necessarily indicative of how the rest of the season will go either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was clicking on Saturday, got good starts. I mean, he rode obviously really well too, um, but. I don't think that's what we should expect every single weekend as a as my real answer. It'll be interesting, right? Like if anybody can work with confidence, it's Cooper Webb, as we've seen over the years. Yeah, but man, I I just don't think he's going to go out and just go on this winning streak. I think the other guys are too good, and I think more than anything, it just shows the parity we've had thus far. My real opinion is that the last two main events, where you know Marvin Marvin wins and and kind of gets it together, or got second and gets it together and Eli won the last one going away, I think that's more indicative of what's coming. I think those two are finding their groove, finding their stride, and I think you're going to see those guys rip off a bunch of wins here. Yeah, quietly, uh, Marv was really good on Saturday. Well, and, and what we learned, you know, he just started riding December 26th, I think is very telling, because I think you're going to see him get better and better and better. Uh, I think a track like Oakland, where the whoops will break down, the track's going to be really tricky where you're going to have to be kind of thinking the whole time and not making mistakes, I think will play right into Marvin's hands. So I actually picked him to win this weekend, but I think it would be, it'll be between he and Eli. The one thing which I'm going to contradict myself, shockingly as that is, uh, this is one of the rounds where Cooper Webb was on the podium his first year. He led here. He got third overall on the night. So to see him do well again wouldn't shock me. Uh, but I think it'll be more situational because this softer dirt is what he seems to to excel on, and, and Anaheim too is no different than that. It was kind of the same condition. Do you think that uh, it'll be the normal soft ruddiness? Because there hasn't been a lot of rain up there. I guess the weather looks good. Like we're not going to get an Oakland like we have in the past, but still be favorable to uh, to Webb. Yeah, this dirt is just the texture of it. It breaks down. So if it's it won't be as soft and as we've seen it, of course, but it'll still have a nature where it's going to deteriorate during the race. It's not going to be rock hard like Anaheim or Glendale as to where it, when it sets, it's done. Uh, you're still going to get ruts in the corners. You're still going to get the braking bumps. And that's just because of the, you know, the composition of the dirt. Uh, so, you know, like a, a race like Orlando, it doesn't have to rain. It's going to be soft. You know, it's just what the dirt mm-hmm. they're going to draw from. And, and that's how Oakland is. So, uh, I don't know if it'll get as nasty as last week because there was so much rain uh, affecting it, but I think it it will be a factor as far as the track changing. I, I think during the main event, you're going to see guys making mistakes and struggling with rhythm sections and the whoops breaking down just because that's what Oakland Oakland's like. What's the over-under on number of Oakland stadium jokes you make? I've been really trying to cut back. It's Let's be real. It's not the nicest stadium or the most modern stadium. I mean, that's that's just facts, right? You can't get around that. But I will say that Oakland has given us a good event more times than not. And once you get to the race and you get in the pits and everything's kind of the same, you know, I feel like race day is Groundhog's Day for all of us that travel every weekend. 
I don't think it's really that bad. You know, it's just the stadium amenities that are lacking. You know, the concession stands aren't great. They don't have all the modern niceties that a lot of the stadiums have. But I I do think we've gotten some great racing. You know, Stu's resurgence in 2011, the epic battle we saw last year. You know, Trey Kennard came out and won in 2015. So we've seen some really cool racing, and some, and I think that has to be more important than anything else when it really comes down to it. All right, you want to uh, you want to take some calls? We have uh, sure, it's your show. Why not? Okay, All right. um, let's go to Jonathan on six. Jonathan, what's up, man? How are you? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. I'm good. Um, I was just wondering if you think that um, Dino's going to get Anderson's ride with us learning now. Well, I had tweeted that uh, I thought he would be, ride his own deal this weekend and then next weekend be in, in Anderson's uh, bike. That was the plan. Dean said that that was false on Twitter. He, he and that, made mm-hmm. me, that made me say I was fake news. But, JT, uh, why wouldn't he take Anderson's ride? I don't understand. What, what, why, wouldn't he, why would he say no on Twitter? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a timing thing. You know, I've, I've seen people say, no, this isn't happening because it's just not the right time to say that yet. So that could be the case. So don't say anything. Don't say that's false I agree. to me. I, yeah. I'm not saying he, yeah. that people make the best decisions. I'm just saying that could be a possible scenario. Okay. But from the outside, I would think that's going to be reality because of the course, team saying right? six to eight weeks, from my own injury perspective, I think it's going to be longer than that. Uh, so to me, with Osborne not racing yet, probably still two weeks out at least, I don't see how they can't make a move with the the dollars that Rockstar and Husky are putting into that team to not have a presence under that truck doesn't seem possible. I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Jonathan. I guess we'll wait and see. But, yeah, I would think it would be next weekend at uh, San Diego, but maybe not. And then also, Steve, real quick, um, I saw the gameplay for the Supercross game, and they actually put nets in that game, so I think that's awesome. That, that, that is cool, yeah. Even though you can't really get hurt because it's a video game, that's still pretty cool. Um, I'm going to run into him anyways just for you. So. Th- thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Steve, uh, what do you make of Chad Reed's uh, request for chain link fences? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, we just kind of all nodded and smiled, and then I think we were all like, wait, I think he's serious. Oh, he was very serious. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, the Nets seem to be working out really good. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, Mosman – what wasn't it Mosman last year went into them in Indy and we had that the halt practice while they untangled everything so yeah. there is that issue but I don't know I thought he was kidding at first like a, like, a, like a road <laughs> no. warrior like he wanted Mad yeah, Max he doesn't, he doesn't joke very often about stuff like that and then if you think he's joking he gives you a very stern look to make sure you know he's not joking <laughs> yeah I was just like yeah sure bro chain links <laughs> I mean I don't know man that's your friend it's not my friend it's your friend uh, Matt what's up you want to talk Pulp MX fantasy. Yeah, hey guys. Um, you know, I feel like these triple crowns are a little bit easy, and I I probably shouldn't complain. I scored three hundred two last yeah, or yeah. three hundred four last. Yeah, week. pipe down, bro. Three hundred four is good. Yeah, yeah, three hundred four. But you know, my thought was, why not? We already know who's qualifying. Why not bump the max handicap down to like thirteen? Well, we uh, we just did a podcast yesterday. I don't know. Did you hear it? We did a po- fantasy podcast. Do you listen to those? Uh, I didn't listen to that. Okay. One yet, yeah. No. We, so we discussed that. We. We we talked we talked about it in the beginning of the podcast yesterday. We might have to do something for triple crowns. I don't think we'll do this year because we can't change anything because Marks might lose his mind. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think JT. I think in the future we have to do that. We just can't go. The sixteen guys can't. You know they gotta have a different handicap or everybody's gotta have a different handicap. I don't know how hard that is or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's gonna be difficult. Uh, we're gonna look at a lot of options. One thing I want to possibly 
approach is maybe setting the lockout before the event even starts. Like the lockout would be uh, noon on Saturday. You can't do so you'd that. have to you can't, truly pick your team before you knew anything. Can't do that. I don't Why think. not? I, that I would just, that'd be really tough. Yeah. Yeah, but what's? I mean, you can't put it for after qualifiers. There's not enough time. Australia's in the middle of the night when this is going on. They can't be expected to to work around our timetable. That's not fair either. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like the lower handicaps. I'm with uh, I'm with you, Matt. Make them lower handicaps for that for that week. So like, like you, Pellegrini. If you lower Pel- the handicaps, then it's not. I don't know that that's going to really change a whole lot. I just think then then you're going to take away. The option of picking, you know, I, I don't know. There's going to be a, there's going to be some lengthy discussions about this. I can promise you that. <laughs> it would it would make it more tempting for people to pick someone besides those 16 handicap riders. Then you know, yeah. But I I still think you would I still think you would get the overwhelming majority of people picking the automatic double points. Um. Probably, yeah, well, probably. yeah, but but having said that, McAdoo was a top scorer, and he was you know he was just a five and yeah. And, or but, whatever I mean, he if was, you tell you know, me that. You know, um, Politelli is going to be a 12 instead of a 16. I'm still picking him because I know no matter what, I'm still getting double points. So what, I'm just trying okay. to eliminate what if, risk. What if you made him a 10 and then he's got to beat two guys? I don't think very many people would pick him at that point. Well, that's what I'm saying. So make him a 10. Yeah, I, I understand. I just right. think now now you're doing semantics and it gets really tough to how much do you move them, where do you put them. I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, figure it out yeah. in the offseason. For now, we're just going to have to suffer through these triple crowns the way it is. Uh, thanks, Matt. Appreciate the call. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Brian, what's up, man? Brain, I should say. Brian, Brain, what? How are you? Whoever I am. Yeah, you're Brain. I'll, uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll go by many identities. Okay. Good afternoon, boys. Um, Steve, I need to make your day real quick. Um, I have a Ricky gripe. Um, it wasn't from this week because he didn't show up. Uh, but last week, um, dude. Uh, during the, I think I think the heat race when when Brayton was doing so well, he talked about and he said it multiple times um, that if Brayton raced like he did in the off season races, he'd be up so much further. Stop it! Come on, man! Don't give us that. I mean, yeah, if I were running a marathon with a, with a bunch of guys with one leg, yeah, I'd win too. You know? Come on, man! I mean, uh, yeah, so I mean, competition. I, Stop. Look, it's, I don't I don't know that I'm. In a hundred percent agreement with with brain here, but uh, no, because you think because you think the, the folks on the international with the Australian that they just run better, uh, you know they they run just as or they run similar speeds to what we do here, just over there. No, no, that's not what I said. Okay. I I just think that the racing is much different. I think the okay. tracks are very are much tighter. I think it's a completely mm-hmm. different style. That's like saying. You know, if you took uh, a bunch of Supercross guys, which we've seen it happen, them just throw them into Arena Cross, and they're, they should dominate everything because they are much better. That's not really how it goes. Uh, we've we've seen this in the past. We've seen Robbie Raynard win World World Champion World Supercross Championships, beating guys that beat him almost every week in the U.S. Uh, Larry Ward was almost untouchable over there, and it didn't matter. McGrath would go, uh, all these guys would go, and Larry Ward would smoke all of them. But when you came to America and the tracks were bigger, the lap times were bigger, the tracks were totally different, the dirt was totally different, you're not riding on frozen, spongy, ruddy dirt all the time, which you are in Europe. Uh, I just think it's, a, it's apples to oranges, honestly. And, and I live that. I, I know it all sure. too well because I would go to some of these races and, and I would be guys that would smoke me in the U.S. And, you know, I could race with Nick all day long over there, but he would kill me when we came back here. So 
I okay, don't think you're 100% wrong, but at the same time, I do think Justin Braden raises the level of his game when he goes to those events where he knows he's going to excel. Mm-hmm. And but when it gets here, when it really counts, when it's you know over here in America, come on, man. Now, obviously, I'm showing myself not to be a Brayton believer, and and that's I mean that, I should have put the caveat in there beforehand. Um, Justin Hill, real quick. I wonder if man, obviously I'd love to know what you guys think about this. I've got to wonder if he's struggling, um, almost like Josh Hill did, in the fact that when it comes to racing, when points aren't on the line. Even on a 450, which he obviously says fits a style, um, if he's just if he's struggling under the pressure of oh shoot now I got to race for points, as opposed to um, obviously you know killing it in the I Monster just, Cup what three I years mean, ago in the KTM. Yeah, and, I just I don't know about Josh, but look, Justin Hill he is what he is at this point. He's frustrated mm-hmm. a few team owners. He's rewarded some team owners with some incredible rides. He continues to be incredible on a motorcycle. He will never figure this out. He is never going to buckle down and be this champion. But he will put in rides that will make you always talk about that. But the, so you think it will kind of be like last year? Yeah, I mean, I just think he's Josh Grant. He's Josh Grant 2.0 that way where he will put in some rides that are amazing and he can ride a motorcycle. But JT, I, I, he is never going to become Eli Tomac. No, I, you know, like the great with Dennis Green who said, we are who they thought they were, we thought they were. Um, you kind of are who you are. I think he can make improvements, but I, he that guy beats to the, you know, he marches to the beat of his own drum. Sorry, my mistake there. But that's who he is as a person. He's a free spirit. He does things his own way. He wears pajamas to track walk. Uh, so I think, you know, maybe you could try to get him in, in better shape. But, you know, I remember David Pingree talking about Cole Seeley years ago and saying, yeah, you gotta, you got to approach Cole differently because if you just try to hammer him into the ground fitness-wise, he's going to get burned out and lose interest. And I think Justin Hill is the same way, where you have to try to find unique ways to get the best out of him. And I don't think you can just say, hey, we're going to do 100 laps every day and you better be out here and do it. Yeah. I, I just don't think he re- will respond well to that, he's where just... maybe a Tomac or somebody else will, like Carmichael, those guys – that's how they're wired. Uh, so I think, and I don't know why it's all these unique talents that are like that. It's almost like they're musicians where they just have yeah. this different personality where you can't just put them in a box and say, this is what you got to do. Um, yeah. But man, is the guy talented. If you could ever find a way to harness it, he would be dangerous. Yeah, 100%. So it's safe to say, so it's safe to say he's not going to Alden's anytime soon. No. I don't think <laughs> yeah. so. No. Uh, thanks, Brian. Peace Appreciate out, it. Boys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, lots of phone calls here still. we got Gary on three. Gary, what's up, man? You want to talk about Will Hahn? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just finished uh, the podcast we did with him uh, this morning. It and, was good, right? And, uh, it was funny. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He, he was, he was, was a good interview. Yeah. Uh, grew up in Kansas, so kind of knew the Hahn brothers growing up a little bit. But I was kind of surprised that he, he had mentioned that uh, he listened to the review podcast and stuff that you guys mm-hmm. uh, do weekly. Um, do you get a lot of that from managers and stuff, maybe reaching out of, yeah. like you say this or that, you know? And, yeah, people, the um, JGR guys and Cowie guys have specifically told me they put it on the shop and they listen. Um, they probably laugh at how dumb we are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it quite a bit. Dan Bentley was listening for a little while. I know that. Um, Shane Drew. Yeah, no, I, I get it. We uh, The Pulp Show and the and the review pods and everything. So it's out there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Names, no, that's pretty cool. The Motor Concepts guys are big fans like the, 
I went to dinner with Vince's uh, Aaron and uh, I always forget the other guy's name in Geneva. And I was trying to tell some stories, and they were telling, they were finishing the stories to Vince before I could get them out because they've listened to so many damn shows, and my stories are all just the same for after JT's heard them all a hundred times. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was uh, pretty funny, but yeah, no, we, I definitely get it. So, and then uh, going off of Vince and stuff, obviously he's improved quite a bit this year. Malcolm was good, so the bike's got to be pretty decent. What what do you feel is the deal with Braden? Is he tired or worn out from all those races? Or, nah, it's too is, it's too early. Think? He had a great Glendale. He rode well. Uh, A1 mud is not his thing. And I will admit, JT, I was perplexed by the A2 finish for Brayton. But I talked to him the other day. He's doing some starts. I wouldn't be surprised to see the cable back on his bike, cable yep. uh, device. But, JT, too early to, to question Brayton right now. Yeah, the mud was basically a non-starter for him, in my opinion. And then Glendale, he wins his heat race easily. Let's not forget that. So that was that was great. Uh, then, you know, he gets a seventh, which is okay. Because, honestly, where I, I think he'll be 5 to 10 on most nights. And then A2, he got poor starts seemingly every time out, and we really never saw much from him. So, yeah, small sample size. Uh, what I worry about with this offseason, because I know I dealt with it, is midway through the season on, it's tough to maintain intensity and you just feel worn out because, you know, as he's even said, his season really started in October where these guys were just coming in January looking to race something. He was on like round 10, I believe he said, of, of the series yeah. already. Yeah. So it's, I think right now he's still fine, but come March, you know, March, April, May, it gets a little bit more difficult. I did a feature story in the latest Racer X on his travels and it's just stupid. It was just insane. Yeah, it's out of control. Yeah, it really it, it is. It was great. He was banking money though, which is which is cool. Uh, Gary, you want a set of tires or a set of gear? What do you want? Uh, you know what? I'll do. Uh, I just bought some tires. I will do uh, a set of gear. All right. Okay. Stay on hold, man. You you win the fly racing set of kinetic gear. All right. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Gary, for calling in, and uh, thanks to Fly Racing for making that happen. Get Pro Taper and Maxis as well. Uh, Rich, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Hey. Comment real quick. Two things worth every penny. Number one, VIP VIP ticket to the A1 live show, and number two, the NBC Gold Package. Both good to amazing hear. things. Yeah, good yeah. to hear. Thank you for coming to the live show. We had a lot of fun doing it. It was awesome. Okay, get right to it. So, what do you guys attribute to the parody? And maybe it's a combination of things: Steel, Stargate, or Great. Um, the new Dungey model of racing the series. Or um, some uh, a number of hidden off-season injuries. Uh, what do you think, JT? I will say, I will say that the new Ryan Dungey way of riding a series has been mentioned numerous times by Roxon and Tomac. So maybe there's something there with those two guys. Uh, what do you think, JT? Yeah, it's tough to say because these guys are so tight-lipped on if they had any setbacks, but. You've got to think, and they mentioned it, but you've got to think that's in the back of their mind is like, hey, man, like two or three rounds in, our series was over. Yeah, okay, we had a lot of racing to do, and we won and whatever, but all of this work that we put in and all of the OEM and sponsors' hopes and dreams of a championship, we basically eliminated with early season mistakes. So I still haven't made my mind up if they are consciously backing it down a bit or if they just don't have the uh, the intensity that they would like to have because of some sort of December setback. All right. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, let's get to Ryan. Ryan, what's up? You want to talk about Webb's podium speech? 
Yeah, I first wanted to say something about uh, some old timers who got uh, Villapoto and Dungey, and I saw like an article a while back on Racer X where they were comparing like best seasons and all of that. Uh-huh. And uh, you guys get it wrong every time. Villapoto's far better series uh, as far as the whole career was better for Villapoto. He had Dungey's number to like every race it seemed like. No, I. I anyway, well, what, what are you saying? Like all time rankings. <clears throat> Yeah, you guys rank them, and you always get you always put Dungey ahead of Villapoto. Well, right? here's so. why. Here's why. Part of being one of the greatest of all time is staying healthy. Ryan missed three complete series with injuries. Like, yes, Villapoto and JT. By the way, uh, I've Ryan, been again. I've been on your side. Yeah, Ryan. Or- JT is on your side. He is on your side. Um, uh, I just I know Villapoto beat Dunge more than Dunge beat Villapoto. Um, but to, but when you're looking at stats, like Dunge has a ton. More outdoor wins than RV, and just because RV couldn't stay healthy, so you know, I think I think it's it's six on one half dozen on the other. Like I could see I could see someone so, saying Villapoto's better, but I get the Dungey better. I mean, it's not two or three wins better than Villapoto; it's a ton. But when you look at heads up comparison, and I don't have this stat in front of me, but when you looked at a heads up comparison, I guarantee you Villapoto's win advantage over Dungey would be. Pretty impressive. I mean, I, I think it would be overwhelming how many times Villapoto beat Dungey versus you know vice versa. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's not like uh, in most cases, like you're comparing people that didn't race in the same era, whereas these two actually did race in the same era. So that's pretty pretty straightforward that Villapoto yeah. got the best of Dungey most times. All right, what else, Ryan? Um, the the uh, Cooper Webb uh, 2.5, uh, is that a sponsor or, like, what the heck does that mean? Oh, from the uh, from the show on Monday? I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I heard him say it on the podium. 2.5, yeah. Uh, I didn't listen to the podium speeches. Um, but they, but did you hear on Monday Phil was yelling 2.5? I don't, I don't know what that means. Who knows? Some sort of. Can, can we figure that out? Sure. Let me ask Phil. I'll ask him. Cool. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah, I don't, they were going back and forth a whole bunch on that on Monday show. Coming up with Paul Parabinos from ProTaper, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. Uh, also to get Max's tires on board with us, too. We got Cody to talk about Triple Crowns. Cody, what's up, man? Hey, yes. Um, just want to uh, just have a suggestion about the uh, names of the different formats. Sure. Uh, on the Triple Crown. Yep. Uh, maybe like a main or crown. Crown has been suggested before. Yeah, people have said Crown. Uh, I like gangbangs myself, Cody. But um, yeah, that's a know, good one. Yeah, but uh, Crown's not bad. We just need to keep track of these things. That's all. I don't care what you call them. I don't care. Yeah. Let's just keep track of these things so that we know that Brayton and Seeley got a win with everybody on the gate. You know that that's yep. that's where I feel like we need to do. So, thanks, man. Yep. Thank you. Right, JT. We got to keep track of these things. We have. To. Uh, I don't. I don't really think it's a big deal, but I know okay. you're right. in disagreement. Robert, what's up, man? I had a question. Do you know offhand uh, how many different race winners, like the, the most different race winners in one Supercross season has been? Eight? Nine? Something like eight, eight or nine? Yeah. It has to be like 1990, right? No, 90 wasn't, wasn't it. But no? uh, the 97, Racer X just had a thing on this. 97 was, uh, was big. I think 97 had eight. You had Wyndham, you had Dowd, you had Huffman, you had Jeremy, you had Fro, you had Henry in Vegas. Um, that's six already. I'm probably missing some. Yogi. Uh, I don't know. Eight or nine is the record. So what do you think? What do y'all two think this year? We'll probably get six. 
Well, we got three now. Roxon, Tomac, and Marv all get one. That's six. You're going to get at least six. I'll tell yeah. you that. Yeah. So who else, yeah, JT? Anybody else? Yeah, I think so. I think you'll. I think we'll end up at seven or eight. I really do. Uh, unless the the caveat to that is is if Marvin and Eli just are like, yep, okay, time to start winning. Then maybe that all changes because Eli's won nine races two years in a row and he hasn't won one yet. So you got to think it's some of that is coming at some point. Um. Yeah. Um, that's my next question. Who is the the first guy to win two races this season? You think would it be Tomac? That's kind of what I was thinking. Hmm. I don't know, man. Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, if you listen to any stuff that I've said, I just, Tomac's the fastest guy. He's won half the races in, in the last two years. So, sure, Tomac, but, I mean, Barsha's already got a bit of an injury that he'll, he'll work through. Baggett had a terrible race. Uh, JT's not totally sold on Webb again. So, maybe, it's got to be Marv, Roxon, or, or, or Webb, or Rob, Mark, Rob Markson, or Marv, right, uh, JT? Did you say Rob? I don't know what I said. <laughs> yeah, Rob. You know, you don't think Rob will win? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I don't think Barsha's going to win anything anytime soon. I think he's just going to try to get through the weekend. Um, Webb could do it. I don't think it's out of the out of the possibility. You know, it would be it would be interesting to have some sort of probabilities guy, you know, expert run yeah. the numbers on that because the most likely suspects haven't won one yet, so they'd have to win two before a guy like Webb won another one. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, interesting uh, question. Yeah, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, presented by Get, Pro Taper, and Maxis. Uh, JT, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend in Oakland, right? All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. See you. All right, see you. Uh, next up on the line, he is uh, from uh, Pro Taper, uh, Paul, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? Hey, Steve. How's it going? How are things at the Tucker Rocky uh, show there? Big meeting for you guys. You're obviously distributed and owned by them. How's everything going? Yeah, it's going good. Uh, we have a ton of dealers here. Um, Tucker did a really good job on the presentation of the show. We got we got big factory semis out in the uh, out, outside of the showgrounds and a lot of booths. Um, the floor is kind of swarmed with people, so it's um, it's good. We got a lot of guests coming, so Nick Way is here already. Villa will be here later. Um so far, so good. Yeah, a lot of buzz in the Pro Taper booth as well because we're showing our new start device. So, a lot of people are interested in that. Oh, you're actually deba- debuting that thing? Yeah. So it it kind of wasn't in the plan. Um, this it's kind of all developed very quickly in the last couple of weeks. But um, we've had the idea for a while, and we arrived at some prototypes a month or so ago. And then uh, you know we need to do some race condition testing with these things, and we've been testing it in the background for a while now. But um, I put it on Dean's bike at at phoenix and everybody was all over it all the media was on it um mechanics and other other riders saw it and i got people texting me and calling me all wanting to get one so there's a lot of buzz around it for sure why how did i miss this how did i not hear about this you're a a shitty media guy i guess yeah dude um (laughs) yeah very very weird that i missed this i mean i obviously you and i talked about a little bit but yeah um uh hey so Let's let's expand on the last question. So we got three winners now. We're gonna get three more with Marv, Roxon, and uh, Tomac. That's gonna be six. Who's getting another win? Um, yeah, I mean it, it. It's tough, you know, being so close to it the last three weeks. I really do think there's a few people that can do it. Um, yeah, everyone is so close in practice, and uh, you know, with with these top kind of guys, you know the muskins and moose cans and mm-hmm. tomax uh not winning and 
you're going to give these other guys confidence by letting them get wins. So I think more can happen. Um, I mean, I, I agree with you. Those other three will probably get a win, win as well. Who wins next? I, I don't know, but I do feel that there's some other guys on the line that haven't won yet that still yeah. could possibly get a win. So I might have asked you – I didn't know you haven't gone on this show yet. I asked everybody last week if, if this Baggett win was going to propel him to be a contender and a race winner and a top-five guy while well, he had a really terrible Anaheim. Does the, what happens with Webb from here? Is this a one-off or is Coop in the mix now? Um, you know, I, I think with Baggett, it was, he, he really didn't like the track last weekend and, and, and it was very start dependent with Cooper. I think that helped because it, it helped him get his first win. He was just crushing the start. I think he was fast all day, but I think with Cooper, it could, it could continue because I think this weekend is going to be another good track for him. It, it, I mean, Anaheim one was kind of soft and ruddy. Anaheim two also was soft and ruddy a little bit. Um, those are the conditions that Cooper thrives in. And Oakland's going to be more the same, so I think he could be in the mix again. And then once you do it twice in a row like that, I, mm-hmm. I do think then he could really turn into a guy. So, um, But it can also go the other way how it did with Baggett. I just don't know. But I think this is a good weekend. It's good timing for Cooper, put it that way, to where I think he could keep it going. Doesn't he just seem like the type of guy, from what we know of him, to thrive on confidence and, and at that chip on oh, his shoulder, yeah. right? Like, that's just... And- that- and that's what, and honestly, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with Cooper, I think, and I already see that back in him, and that's, that's the Cooper that I haven't seen in, mm-hmm. in two years or so, and he has that kind of, that look in his eye again, and that kind of, uh, the way he talks and the things he says and things he does, mm-hmm. he knows how to thrive off confidence, yeah, for sure, so I, I do think that he could carry that momentum, and he could be dangerous for sure for the entire season. 702-586-7857. If you have a question about uh, Oakland coming up or the series in general or anything from Pro Taper, uh, Paul Parabinos is on the line, so give us a call. we got a few lines open. We're still going to give away a set of MXST tires from the folks at Maxis. So from what I know, Anderson's out 68 weeks, probably longer than that, Paul. Um, Osborne's out. Dino has told us on the show that you know he's going to – fill in if the chances come so i from what i gathered i thought he would ride for himself this weekend and then in san diego move up to the truck and and fill in for anderson and everything else and that's all been the plan Uh, i tweeted this out not as fact it's just something that i thought would happen and dino tweeted me that it was false so you're certainly uh dean wilson's guy why would he say that why why is he not going to fill in for anderson honestly i I, I wish I had some info for you, but I don't know. Um, I think there'll be a lot of talking happening this weekend to figure out what the plan is from here. But uh, the plan for Oakland is the same as it has been in the past um, three rounds. So I'll I'll be there as a mechanic again, and uh, we'll do, be doing our same deal with uh, Dean's dad and Sam, and you know, out of the sprinter, and it's working for Dean, honestly. And um, so I don't know what the future holds, but I I very much like you, you know, with Anderson being out, there's there's not going to be a single 450, uh, you know, on the track out of that rig this weekend. So um, I don't know what's going to develop, but I would imagine something will happen in the next couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, why? I just don't know why he would say false. I just yeah, you're, you're he's going to fill in for Anderson. It's just going to happen. I mean, it's going <laughs> to happen. Why would he continue to do it out of the sprinter van? Uh, have to get a mechanic, have to pay his own expense. Like why? Why? So I, I, don't know. I, I honestly, I, yeah, great questions, but um, I think it's honest because Dean absolutely just loves the situation he's in right now. Um, he's super happy on race day. Honestly, he feels like the kid that he was, you know, to be around him that he was in, mm-hmm. in 2010, 2011. Um, it's a great environment for him. Everything's clicking and he's putting in some of the best results he's ever put in before. So, um, 
you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see what happens, but, uh, you know, he's very much in the mix right now. You know, I mean, he's, he's 11 points out of the lead and, uh-huh. and kind of what I'm seeing after, you know, being so close to it now that all these guys are just kind of trying to stay close as we get through California. Really the series does get going after that. And that's how all these guys are thinking. I think everyone's being very kind of, um, casual with what's happening and just trying to stay close and, because we're already losing guys. We lost, I, you know, we lost Anderson. Barsha had a big crash. Um, and the, the survival angle, Mookie, yeah. So the survival angle of this series is, is really a forefront in a lot of these guys' minds, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I don't think people are just gunning for wins and stuff right now. They just want to stay consistently in the mix and then build as the series goes on and get just get better as the series goes on. So. Is, this your, is this your farewell race as a mechanic, no matter what happens? Or, or if, you, if, if you're in San Diego, you'll be, you'll be doing that? I don't know, actually. I don't know. I think it could be. So, um, I think it could be. So, I hope that we could um, we can come home with a trophy. That would be awesome for uh, yeah. For, yeah if, if it is a farewell, so right. we'll see. All right. So, we have this thing on our Pulp MX show, like Chiz is going to Chiz, and you know these these guys are just going to Tomac's going to Tomac, right? We have this thing, and, and it's just basically like these riders aren't they're not changing. They're just doing what they're going to do. Do we have to start okay. saying Adam's going to Adam? Like this is just. Oh, oh man, I don't know. Like, but kind of, I think we're getting approaching that. I mean, Adam's banged up right now, and I I haven't even watched the race, so I can't give too much uh, kind of criticism. But it sounds like, from what I've heard and talked to, you know, I, I, all his mistakes were just completely on his own this last weekend. And um, yeah, he just can't do that, man. I'm yeah, maybe maybe you can work for Adam, and he's just so crazy fast and. I just think he needs to temper that a little bit. And, and I think what I spoke about, how the 450 guys are managing the series, I mm-hmm. think Adam needs to try to deal with that a little bit better, too. I think, um, yeah, granted, the 250 series is short, but um, but maybe, you know, just stay in the mix. He's he, he's very much still in the mix, obviously. He's a 5-1-5 uh, for the first two rounds, so he's still yeah. very much in the mix. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, I just, I maybe don't understand. a little less Ricky Bobby and take that second or third, you know, if you have to. and. But, but even like uh, you know, in the in the first main, he's gone. He's in, well, he's not gone, but he's leading. He's got a nice deal, and he has the weirdest crash ever. He just doesn't turn his bar straight, and you're just like, "What are you doing? You're in the lead. You're you know, just like, you know, yeah." Like, what are you? I doing? don't know. I mean, th- those are probably only answers that Adam can answer. You know, um, or questions that Adam Adam can answer. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I, we've seen the mystery of Tomac doing stuff too, and I, you know, it's kind of similar with Adam. So. Um, maybe you can say that. That's tough to say. But, oh, yeah, he's, he's definitely consistently done it now for more than a few seasons. Right. Uh, Seth, what's going on, man? What's your question uh, for the Fly Race and Moto 60 show? Seth, you there? Yeah. Yeah, what's your question? Sorry about that. I was just curious about uh, Chad Reed last weekend where he didn't actually get to start the second main, If that, where he saved a little bit of energy if that helped him in the third one. What do you think, Paul? That would help him, right? I would think. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, definitely, it, it is a grind. You know, that was my first triple crown as a mechanic, and I tell you what, they're not nearly as fun uh, <laughs> as they are when you're in the stands. So that, yeah. those are a grind for sure. So Chad had a little bit of a bike issue, um, and he wasn't able to line up for the second one. So maybe he did have some energy left over, but he had to earn it coming from well, the outside and getting it, you know, with that start. But yeah, maybe because. It's a it's a lot of riding for those guys to get done in a night. Yeah, I mean, in talking to the riders, it's physically hard on them. These triple crowns are physically hard on them for sure. Even a guy like Tomac or whatever. And I talked to Brian Kranz today from Monster Cowie, Tomac's mechanic, and he's like, "Dude, it's a it's a fire drill. One guy's wiping the bike down, one guy's changing the tire. You know, I got to change a clutch. It's eight thousand degrees. 
You know, like every yeah. time, like he yeah, a lot less time. Krantz was like basically, it's he said, I hate it. I know you guys like it. I hate him. He said, and uh, Paul yeah. can relate to that. I'm 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 with Kranz, honestly. Like we we had a plan. Like we we're like, okay, we're doing a clutch after the first main. We're doing a tire after the second main. And I had Andy helping me. And yeah, you there's no time for mistakes or yeah, uh, and you have to be pretty pretty disciplined and quick with what you're doing. Otherwise, you're you're not going to make it down there to get your gate pick. It's a, it's yeah. a lot to do. Yeah. So I didn't realize that because I've always been in the stands for a triple crown. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're difficult. Uh, fantastic, Seth. You want to win a set of tires for Maxis? Yeah. All right, stay, awesome. stay on hold, man. MXST Tires, coming to you, all right? All right, man. All right. Cool. Thanks for calling. appreciate it. We've got a few more questions here. Paul Parabino's on the line. Uh, David, what's up, man? What's your question? Hey, guys. Uh, i got a question. i got a couple questions. One's about Adam, um, A-Ray Cincerello. Yep. Uh, at, what, at what point <laughs> do we just go, oh, dear God, just move up to the 450 class already? Uh, uh, like, uh, can Adam only win when the field's depleted and young? Because uh, Webb and him came in the series the same season in 13, the same summer series. And uh, we've seen what Webb's done in yeah. six years. Adam's, what Adam's done. Yeah, Adam's missed some serious time with uh, with injury, too, you know. So, I mean, he, he dominated Glendale. See you later. It was a great night, you know. So, as long as yeah, you can keep doing that. Like, it sounds like you guys found Stu and he gave him some washout points. I know, right? Hey, listen, I know, man. I know it's it's. Uh, I, I want to see the kid do well, but it's getting. I want to see him do well now in the four fifties, not the two fifties. Do you, Paul? Would you think if Adam moved to four fifties tomorrow, Paul, would anything change with him? Would it smooth him out? Would it make him respect it more? Anything like that? Honestly, no. Okay. I, I don't think so. I think <laughs> I think Adam's still pretty young, and I know he has his eyes set on the four fifty class. But it re, even if he wins the title this year, he could still be in the two fifty class. So me. My personal opinion is I think he should stay down another year and, and mature another year and learn more in the 250 class for another year before he moved to the 450. I don't see what the rush is to get into that class because it's a, it's a big jump. Um, yeah. So he can learn more about how to test and, and a lot of things. But, yeah, he needs to uh, – I don't know. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thanks, man. Hey, can I ask one more question about Dean Wilson? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, uh, hey Paul, this is for you. How important is it uh, if Dean Wilson – these riders to have a, a decent setup going into the season as a privateer to wait for a quote injury and then jump ship on sponsors like Ignite and uh, other sponsors that stepped up to the plate. How important is it? it does, does can Dean make more money staying where he's at, or is a factory bike with no incentive for anything but uh, prize money the way to go? How important is it? Um, yeah, it's a unique situation. I mean, he can make a decent living doing what he's doing now, and um, it's give and take. Uh, it's hard, you know, but also the same people that are supporting him are also the same people that are going to need him to be in a factory rig as well. Um, with Dean, he had a really good off season, you know, just riding and getting prepared for Australia and kind of forcing him to start racing earlier than I think his plan was by going to Australia. That helped a lot. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's just kind of gotten the ball rolling again, uh, which is good for him. So, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what what uh, transpires here in the next couple of weeks. I guess with that. Oh, perfect, perfect. He does, he's doing well. I just like to see him continue well, not not shit on the people that's helped him. So yeah, far. it's a it's a it's a real question. Yeah, for sure. So, thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Just you can't. It's not only the money and everything, or the you know you don't have expenses. It's just the people helping you make your bike better and the resources you have, like for, to move up to a factory team. It's all of that, you know. So. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to some more. Uh, Cody, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good, guys. What's happening? So, got a 
I got a question about Anderson's injury. I was maybe a bit of a conspiracy theory. Oh, here we go. What are, what are the chances that, I mean, he's been hurt this whole time, had a small crash Monday, and then they were just like, okay, fuck it. Now we need to just call it for the year yeah. or, or whatever they, whatever the, whatever no, happened I mean, he there. Almost I mean, won, he almost won Glendale, you know? He, he almost got a win. So, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that happened. I mean, uh, Paul, what do you think? I I know for sure it didn't happen. Um, I I know about his crash. I know kind of what happened. And yeah, he had a crash practicing, and it can happen to anybody. It can happen to somebody today. Yeah. Uh, and just yeah, he got hurt on Monday. Simple as that. Yeah. I uh, I just there was no 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 injury that maybe caused that crash previously. No, 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 not at all. Nope. Okay. All right. Thanks. All for right. Nope. Thank you, man. Fair Appreciate enough. It. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of uh, t- uh, conspiracy I mean, people yeah, on my I, Twitter. I, my, I spoke to, that's, that's weird people. I mean, I spoke to people that were at the track and saw the crash. So yeah, yeah there's, there's that. Yeah. People are, are, can be crazy with their theories. <laughs> I agree. It's a, it's a little nutty in this day and age. Uh, Carlos, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up and how are you doing? Good. Um, what's, what's your question? I uh, got a question for Paul, man. Um, the whole shot device that you guys are, uh, that you guys came up with for Dino. Uh, do you have a price tag and release date on that? Um, so not exactly yet. I think it's going to be somewhere around the 150 retail price point. Uh, we're still uh-huh. developing it, um, probably available around August or September. Um, there'll be a big media launch and, and a big kind of a thing that we'll do to surround it and officially launch it. And it'll probably look a lot different than what it looks like today, but, uh, it's one yeah, of these products that we, we have to do some, yeah, I appreciate that. We, we have to do some race condition style testing and, and so right. we just kind of got things in line to where we can start testing it. And obviously with me being Dean's mechanic and also kind of heading up the product development for it, it was kind of a perfect situation to put it on his bike. And he's confident in, in my choices and, and what we're working on. And he loves it. And uh, so, so far, so good. Yeah. But it's a pretty neat product and it, off, it, it creates a convenience that doesn't exist right now. And uh, yeah. it, there's been a big buzz in the pit about it, pits about it so far. So that's been really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the video of Dean uh, locking it in. Dude, uh, it looks insane, dude. I like it. Yeah, cool. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. All right, thank you. I'm, I'm googling this right now because I just Sela. Sela. Yeah, it's on the Sela device, which Sela. is the uh, SELA. It stands for Self Engaged Launch Assist. Okay. Um, Vital did a big write up on it, and there's also uh, a video of it on the Pro Taper Instagram. Also, Pro Taper TV on our Instagram. There's a video. Um, and you can see how it works. And if you want, I can text you the video too, Steve. No, I'm watching it right now. I'm watching you holding a microphone, so. spending it out by your, by your <laughs> forks right now uh, as we talk. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Let's go to John. Last question here for Paul Parabinos. John, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so my question is about, um, <clears throat> specifically about the bikes themselves. Uh, this would be a good question for Paul too. Um, I guess just focus on the 250 class. How much do you think the how good the bikes like between each manufacturer how good they are stock affects how good they are at the factory level and the performance of their riders? What do you think, Paul? Um, yeah, I mean, I think especially in the 250 class, I think it makes a big difference. I mean, it just compare it to something that's easier to understand. If you if you start out with a sports car and you start out and you start out with a uh, you know something some little slow you know I don't know. A, Prius or something, or, and you throw as much as you can at it to try to get them to go faster, which one do you think you're going to get to go faster? In the end? <laughs> if you start with something yeah. better, you're going to end up with something better typically. So 
Um, I think the Yamaha has the best platform to start, and I think their bike is probably the best on the weekend when it comes to engine. Um, I think the KTM and the Cowie are close, and uh, my thoughts, you know, I think Honda and Suzuki probably have the most work to do to be competitive, but um, but all the kind of crew chiefs and engine guys at all these teams are very, very good at what they do, and, and I think the bikes that these guys are racing on on the weekend are very far from stock, but they're all quite similar at that level. That I think any bike is very capable of winning if you're on a factory team. Okay, yeah, just I, I brought it up just because uh, seeing the success of Yamaha in the last years, obviously it was when they have the new, you know, their new layout and everything. It seems like the success of their riders is, should be directly tied to that. But then you see other riders, like, faltering, uh, like, even younger guys on like Kawasaki's it seems like they're not doing it so well now but can you just blame it on the riders at Kawasaki and you know or is it just that you know bad luck um i mean i uh, yeah i i think the yamaha is the best to start with but yeah you know we're not in nascar i think our sport is very much about the rider so um i i think the rider is much more valuable or has more reason for a finish than the motorcycle does all right awesome i appreciate it thanks man appreciate it thank you let's uh see here we can get this working here um hold on with the ring oh no we can't never mind i was trying to put your audio through my mixer for a second but oh (laughs) for the new so yeah so you turn it with your hand you collapse it and then it locks into place because it because it turns back to locked Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you look at the video of Dean using it rolling out for Anaheim, we we tried hard to get a video of him using it, but it was kind of tough. Sometimes they put us on the grate. Sometimes they make yeah. you push your bikes out, so it's hard to accomplish. But yeah, you turn the device in, and that kind of presets it, and then all you do is ride your bike and grab a bunch of front brake. Right. And when the and when the the ring on the forks pass by the device, that engages it. Um, so then you're locked in to do a start. Your forks are down. Then you do a start. You hit a bump, and it, it retracts the rest of the way. Are you going to change that bolt in production, or is that bolt going to be stock? Um, it's probably going to look a lot different. Okay. Um, you know, Dean's forks are very big, too. Oh, yeah. So yeah. the so prototype true. that we have was made actually for my bike, for my Husky, which is a lot smaller fork than what his is. So it's not perfect on his bike, but mm-hmm. it does work It does work good enough that we're confident Looks enough sweet. to use it and race with it. But, yeah. yeah, it's a really cool product. I'm very excited for it. I think it can... Um, I think it's going to elevate the entire brand, honestly, because it's that cool. And we have patent protection on it, or we've applied for patent protection. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's cool, and I, I appreciate all the people being interested in it because it's, it's quite flattering, actually. It's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a cool, fun product. I'm very proud to be a part of it. Protaper.com. Check them out on social uh, to see the video of the new Sela. Sela? What do, we, what, what do we call it? Um, my boss says Sela. I say Sela. Okay. Um, all right. Whatever you want. Sella, Sella, <laughs> uh, the start device. Uh, thanks to flyracing.com. Thanks to Git and Maxis as well for coming on the show. Before we let you go, Paul, uh, you did not come on the Pulp Mix Fantasy podcast show. Quick recap of your day playing Pulp Mix Fantasy as a mechanic trying to be busy. Oh, it's difficult. And, and you and Lars are correct. My, my performances have struggled a bit because you're, I'm basically busy all day. Um, and I'm trying to keep, I always review practice time. So I'm keeping track of it in the back of my mind a little bit. And then I get the bike prepared for the night show. And then I sit down for, for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or so and go through lap times and try to make the best picks I can. So, um, uh, it hasn't been good. Honestly, I wish my performance would be a little bit better, but 
definitely a lot of points out of the lead in fantasy, but we're only 11 points out of the lead in, uh, in the real, in the thing that really counts. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, Hey, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Have a good show. And, uh, I, we'll see you this weekend in Oakland, man. Yeah, we'll see you there. See you, Steve. All right. Thank you. Uh, Paul Parabinos, everybody from ProTaper. Thanks to flyracing.com. Thank you, Maxis. Get for coming on. Thank you people for calling. Appreciate it. Tits. Yeah. Great work. Thank you. I expect a brand new intense next week. Consider done. But you're going to run over your specialized with your truck. Yeah, yeah, that too. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next week.